to Best of Friends. You think we're still going to hang out after what you just did to me? You are lying. I want that on record that you're done. Who think they know football? I will not listen to any slander against the great name of Ezekiel Elliott. I think you're an idiot. Bring you unprecedented access to the NFL world. I look like I normally do. A freaking moron. Let's be real, Fitzpatrick is a beautiful man. Because here, it's real football by real fans. We don't do smart here. It's a multi-dollar production, I'll say that. The 2M Football Show starts now. You know what I do miss, though, is that, that creepy robot voice saying, "You, this meeting is being recorded. <laughs> <laughs> and don't do anything stupid now. <laughs> <laughs> Does it tell you in any way that I'm recording? Yeah, it says Michael is recording the call at the top of my screen. Oh, darn. Okay, so I can't uh, can't try anything. <laughs> I don't even know what I mean by that. Let's get into the show. <laughs> Matt, are you still there? Yeah. Hello. Okay. It's dark. Okay. It's cold. It's dark and cold. Where are you? I'll never tell. Okay. Well, Matt comes to us from the void for this episode. Uh, welcome back to another episode of Two of <laughs> Football. You know, I originally slated us to get through two divisions per episode. Apparently, that is impossible. So we're just doing it one at a time. <laughs> it's probably an easier listen as well. Um, so we're well, back you don't here want to, to sign talk. them up for a four-hour episode because you don't know how to stop talking. I mean, yeah, I have no comeback. <laughs> that's correct uh all right yeah let's talk about the afc west continuing our division breakdowns here no news no more news or anything because peek behind the curtain we're just recording these back to back since it was too much content for one episode um so yeah first place in the afc west last year were the kansas city chiefs Jeez. with a 12 and 5 record if you remember they actually got out to a bit of a rocky start to the season yeah, they I were, like uh, after like three weeks, they thought the Chiefs were over with. And I'm like, really? It's it's only three weeks in, guys. Well, actually, yeah, through seven weeks, they were last place in the division. They were three and four. Um, it was a which says more, I think, or at least it says as much about the division that being as it as tough as it was um, than it says about the Chiefs. But, uh, yeah, that's where they were a little bit less than halfway into the season. However, they ended the season to winning nine out of their final 10 games to take the West crown once again and, and make a, a playoff run. Uh, now, in the playoffs, uh, like we just talked about in our last episode, they destroyed the Steelers in the wildcard round. They beat the Bills in the divisional round in that crazy epic game that went to overtime, redefined the rules of overtime, at least for the playoffs in the upcoming season. And uh, made it all the way to the AFC Championship game uh, before falling to the Bengals on a last-second field goal by their kicker, uh, Mr. McFearless. You know it. The uh, So by the numbers, the offense was as good as ever, as we've come to expect under Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes. They had the fourth-best passing offense, 16th-best on the ground, a third overall with almost 400 yards a game. They also put up over 28 points per game. Uh, and we're fourth best in that category. Uh, defense was a bit of a struggle. 
They a lot of a lot of yards, but uh, not that many points. Only the eighth. They were the eighth best defense in terms of points allowed, which points to that bend but uh, don't break, as we've uh, discussed with this team for for many years now. They had a crazy offseason, though. They've lost a lot of players, and so it's it's a long list. So let's start with Tyreek Hill, who obviously headlines the group. Their star wide receiver. They the couldn't come to themselves. a new. Exactly, yeah. Uh, they couldn't come to an agreement on a new contract, uh, so they traded him instead to the Miami Dolphins. So he's out of town. They also lost uh, Tyron Matthew, safety, Charvarius Ward, cornerback, uh, Daryl Williams. They like, cleared out the zoo. They lost the cheetah. They lost the honey badger. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, they closed the Kansas City uh, Zoo and uh, moved it to Miami, I guess. Packed it up. Actually, in New Orleans. Never mind. That was terrible. Uh, <laughs> the list goes on of players me. that <laughs> Melvin Ingram. You know, they also closed the grocery store because they lost Byron Pringle. <laughs> oh, I make myself laugh. Uh, Melvin Ingram, Anthony Hitchens, Daniel Sorensen, all gone. And these were all players that were at least in a starting or part time starting role. Uh, Demarcus Robinson, too, I didn't write down, but another receiver. Uh, in free agency, they brought in Justin Reed, safety, one of the few bright spots of the Texans the last few years. Uh, and then they revamped the wide receiver room with Marquez Valdez-Scantling from the Packers, who uh, unironically goes from one future Hall of Famer at quarterback to another. A lot of jokes have been made about that uh, with other players this offseason, but for him it's true. Uh, then Juju Smith-Schuster goes uh, from Pittsburgh to uh, KC. And then uh, they also brought in Ronald Jones to replace uh, Daryl Williams in like the, I don't want to say backup because it's really a pretty even timeshare these days with uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And then they also brought in Carlos Dunlap, who defensive end from the Seahawks most recently, veteran guy, but still a productive pass rusher. Still bouncing around. Yeah. Uh, Then in the draft, they had uh, two first round picks, an extra one thanks to the Tyreek trade. They took uh, Trent McDuffie, cornerback out of Washington, 21st overall, then 30th. They took uh, George Karloftis, a defensive end out of Purdue. And then they also drafted a wide receiver, 54th overall in the second round. They took Sky Moore out of Western Michigan. So pretty busy offseason for, for a team that's become a perennial contender. Uh, no coaching changes, though. They bring back the same coaching staff. And they've still got studs on offense. A lot of the names we're used to hearing. And by this point, uh, Patrick Mahomes, a quarterback who, who did have a bit of a down year in 2021 by, you know, his own insane standards. Well, let's define, like, you know, a bit of a down, <laughs> but, like. <laughs> Only 37 touchdowns. <laughs> right. And, uh, uh, however, his 13 interceptions was more than he'd thrown in the past two seasons combined, which is kind of crazy. Which, again, 13 isn't a crazy number. It's it's more so that he had only thrown 11 in the past two years combined. I mean, that doesn't do any that doesn't take anything away at all uh, from the fact that he's one of the best ever at the position, which is something insane to be able to even say about someone only, what, four years into his NFL career. You've also yeah. got Travis Kelsey, who uh, by default now becomes his primary target with Hill out of town. Uh, he'll turn 33 this season, but he's still the best pass-catching tight end in the game. 
And then uh, over the last few years, they've really upgraded this offensive line. And, and now they're a huge strength of the team. Creed Humphrey at center, who was just a rookie last year. But as a rookie, our BFF, PFFs graded him as the number one center in football. And then, of now, course, you've got the veteran PFF yeah. a little bit more than I have. Do they have a separate ranking for rookies versus veterans or is it all just grouped together? Uh, what I was looking at was just they, they group them all together. Oh, OK. If that's but then they the break case, it. And that's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's crazy. Right. And then they do break it down by like um, pass blocking versus run blocking. Uh, this Humphrey was great. And I think he was a third round pick or second round pick or something like that. He wasn't. Uh, a guy they invested super high draft capital on, but he was really good. And then, of course, you've got the more veteran guys like Joe Tooney who at the guard position, and then fellow rookie Trey Smith, who was another really good, really effective player at the offensive guard position. Uh, I feel like my main question is is just about Tyree Kill's departure. That was shocking when it happened. I just kind of assumed that they would reach an agreement on an extension since he was such an integral part of this offense. But uh, I just wonder without him if that hurts or how much of an impact that'll make because he was a guy who defenses had to account for on every single snap. His well, speed, his deep threat. He was such like a, a Swiss army of a weapon, too, that the defenses, you didn't know what he was going to do. Was he just going to simply take a pass? Was he going to do a, a jet sweep? Like he could do so much that just put everyone on edge. Right. Yeah. It wasn't like he's just running you know, go routes every play. He he was taking screens, you know, running over the middle of the field with his speed to, to beat the zone cover. He, he was doing everything. And uh, I wonder how much it'll hurt not having that threat of, of Hill out there on every snap. MVS is a guy who really wasn't mostly a deep threat for Green Bay, but super inconsistent as we have a lot of experience with he'll make a great catch one play and then drop a touchdown the next his hands turn to stone sometimes and he can't catch anymore uh, so they got him they brought in juju who you know would have been a, a really exciting signing two or three years ago but again he's not juju's not old he should he was dealing with the you know I the zombie Oh, yeah, the noodle arm. Yeah. <laughs> Big Ben's noodle arm <laughs> the last few years. Uh, so, and then Sky Moore, who they brought in as well. And, and you still got um, Nicole Hardman, who is disappointed largely, but he's a guy that Holmes has familiarity with, at least. Well, can you, can you, like, has he disappointed from the fact that he's been overshadowed, or is this just his opportunity now to actually step into the limelight, is the way I look at it? Yeah, I mean, I feel like you could have said that last year with uh, Watkins leaving. He had the chance to try to establish himself as a real number two in the offense. And, you know, he was still used a lot. And they'll hand, he's the kind of guy, too, just like, uh, just like Hill, that they'll hand the ball off to sometimes on a jet sweep or whatever. Um, but it's just interesting. They've got an interesting mix of players at the position now. And, and throw in the rookie Sky Moore, you know, what kind of role are they going to give him in year one? It helps playing with the Hall of Fame quarterback, kind of elevates the level of everyone around him. So I'm, I'm not predicting a huge drop-off or anything. I just think it's going to be fascinating to watch how they replace Hill. Um, let's see. On the defensive side of the ball, they got Rashad Fenton at cornerback, uh, coming into his fourth year in the league, turning into a really solid coverage corner. And Nick Bolton, that linebacker, was another rookie last year who was just awesome. 
just just looking, just reading back to these names and, and looking back at their draft class last year, a lot of rookies contributing right away. Uh, and then you got the, uh, Chris Jones, the veteran on the defensive line, still doing his thing. Uh, in terms of defensive question marks, they did have one of the worst secondaries in the league last year. Uh, they brought in some good guys and potentially a little bit of addition by subtraction going on by getting rid of uh, Sorensen, who was a pretty big liability in coverage. I like the addition of Justin Reed from Houston. And then obviously they invested first round draft capital on the defensive side of the ball as well. So the Chiefs are, you know, for a team that's very successful and always a contender, they they went through significant change this offseason as a whole. So I, I'm really so than intrigued. In past years where it was kind of a lock that they were going to be a contender again. This year it's kind of. Well, I think it still is. I think it's still a lock that they'll be a contender, but it's going to be different. And the division got tougher around them. This is, I don't know, we should have said this at the top. This is probably the most talented division, top to bottom, in football. I don't know. Do you agree with that statement? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I mean, I what can place to do? To that. Like, I feel okay. like especially <laughs> the moves that, like, as we'll get to it, like that. The Broncos have made and the Raiders are up yes. and coming. Like yeah. this, yeah. This reminds me of the old school AFC North. Right. Yeah. Except instead of being like a really defense-oriented kind of hard-nosed ground-and-pound football teams, these are all going to be like high-flying offenses. If and, anybody uh, wants to see what a West Coast offensive looks like, go to the go to this division. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, like we talked about, a lot of turnover in terms of players, but they do have consistency at the at the top in terms of the coaching staff and the starting quarterback, obviously. I have a lot of faith in Andy Reid to get it figured out. Uh, going to be super interesting. I think the defense should be better on paper this year, especially if the rookies um, have anything close to last year's uh, draft class success. Um, good offensive line, good running back. Best quarterback, potentially, and uh, interesting mix of receivers, as we discussed, uh, backed by what should be a solid defense. So I got to give them an A minus. Uh, I give this, uh, yeah, A minus is fair. I mean, there's a few questions in the wide receiver position. Yeah. But other than that, like, it's pretty much the same team, other than a, a few moves, um, with the biggest question being what impact did the departure of Tyreek Hill leave for it? So I Mm -hmm. agree with you on this one. All right. Moving right along to the Raiders who finished second place last year in the division with a 10 and seven record. I wrote, they were the definition of scrappy (laughs) surviving a mid season resignation by John Gruden, pulling out wins by the skin of their teeth all year long. Uh, Demonstrate that six of their 10 wins were by four points or fewer. They were very good in close games. Uh, They were also a little bit streaky as a team going through stretches of this season. So they went through a 3-0 stretch, you know, three games in a row. Then they went through a 1-5 stretch in the middle of the season. Uh, Then a 4-0 streak at one later on in the season, too. And, of course, they did make the playoffs after beating the Chargers in that dramatic Sunday night game, the the final game of the regular season. Um, however, they lost in the wild card to the Bengals, and that was where the season ended. By the numbers, it was one of one of Derek Carr's best years in the league. Uh, they had the sixth best passing attack. 
uh, much less effective on the ground where they were 28th. They put up 22 points per game, which was right in the middle of the pack for the league. And uh, defense was just pretty average as well in terms of yards, though they did give up a lot of points per game, uh, about 26, which was 26th out of the 32 teams. They made a lot of noise in the offseason. Not a ton of losses. Marcus Mariota, who has been the backup quarterback there, uh, went to Atlanta, as did veteran cornerback Casey Hayward. Uh, their big splash was also a trade involving a wide receiver. This was uh, probably this... the biggest news. One of the biggest news is in the offseason. News is? Yeah. News I? <laughs> what? Yes, something like that. I don't know. Did you they say brought news in yeah, you know, like like radius becomes radii when it's <laughs> that's I what I was going, going for. With this. Oh, you slick little devil, you. <laughs> they uh yeah, they brought in Devontae Adams from Green Bay. They traded the two years of first and second round draft picks to acquire him and then signed him to a massive contract, which is what the Packers wouldn't or couldn't do. And it's another, like we talked about with um Burrow and Jamar Chase, it's another pair of players who played together in college in terms of Derek Carr and uh, by all accounts both sides seem very excited about the reunion they also brought in pass rusher uh, Chandler Jones through for agency who has been with the Cardinals uh, most recently and then uh, Demarcus Robinson from the Chiefs just hopping over in the division to uh, Vegas and then with the draft uh, like I said they didn't have a first or second round pick thanks to the Adams trade so uh, their first pick was 90th overall in the third round, where they took Dylan Parham, offensive guard out of Memphis. And this is a team that's going that has a lot of uh, brand new coaching staff this year. They had Everybody. so after Gruden, yeah, after Gruden resigned, uh, Rich Basaccia was the interim head coach, and I would say he did a pretty good job taking over completely unexpectedly in the middle of the season. Made hey, the playoffs. Hey, our game. That's true. He is the new Packers special teams coordinator, which I'm really excited about, actually, especially I given how how our stoked. season ended. But, <laughs> but this isn't this isn't the show where I rant about the Packers. Thank God. Uh, so <laughs> the Raiders did let him go after his half a season in charge, bringing in Josh McDaniels from the Patriots, the longtime offensive coordinator. There is finally taken on. Well, it's going back to a head coaching role. And uh, let's see, he brings with him Mick Lombardi to be the offensive coordinator. It's, it's his first time in a coordinator role, but he's been the positional assistant coach on the offensive side since 2013 with the 49ers, Jets, Patriots, with McDaniels, and now with the Raiders. And running the defense will be Patrick Graham, who has been a coach in the NFL since 09. And... Uh, has has coached in various positional roles with the Patriots as well. Uh, yeah, we can skip all that stuff. Uh, roster breakdown. Offensive studs, Devontae Adams. Ever heard of him? Uh, no. Uh, could you what, – who is he? What did he do? Oh, very good wide receiver. <laughs> One of all the right. best at the position. Obviously, huge loss for Green Bay and a huge gain for Vegas, who I would argue haven't really had a dominant number one wide receiver since like Amari Cooper was a rookie. 
Uh, but speaking of dominant, uh, maybe dominant's not the right word, but Hunter Renfro had an awesome season last year. It was his third year in the league. He's more of a slot receiver, mm-hmm. you know, kind of a scrappy, scrappy gym rat type of guy. But he had 100 plus receptions, a thousand more over a thousand yards, and nine touchdowns. Really becoming Derek Carr's go-to guy by the end of the season, and looked really, really good. His route running is unbelievable, and uh, yeah, now he gets to not be the now he gets to pair with Devontae Adams, which is going to be really exciting to watch. And not only Adams, but also Darren Waller, tight end. He's not the best blocker, but he is basically. A giant, another giant receiver that they got out there. He's six foot six, 245 pounds with speed, an absolute matchup nightmare, whether it's a linebacker or a safety trying to cover him. Definitely. Really, he was the focal point of a lot of that offense outside of Hunter Renfro last year. Uh, frustratingly, so yeah. as a Darren Waller owner. <laughs> um, yeah, I remember a game uh, last year that I was watching and texting you about. I forget if you had Waller, or maybe I was going against Waller in fantasy that week. I forget. But Carr targeted Waller on like eight straight passes. And I was like, what is going on here? (laughs) Yeah. Like, I don't care how... You could be the worst defensive coordinator in the league and still be able to figure out, oh, I need to go cover that guy. (laughs) Yeah. Now, actually doing it is a different story. but, But yeah, they've definitely become a whole lot less predictable on offense with bringing in Adams and then Renfro's emergence. They've also got Colton Miller at offensive tackle, who's a really good one. However, that said, the offensive line as a whole was kind of a liability last year. They could not run the ball at all, uh, despite Josh Jacobs being a good running back. But the, the line just couldn't open up any lanes for him. And I would say that affected their whole offense's ability to function. They spent that third round pick on Parham and and they I believe it was a first round pick on Alex Leatherwood last year. So they're they're trying. But, uh, yeah, they're basically counting on development from those young guys as opposed to bringing in established veterans. Like, for example, the Bengals did this offseason, bringing in a bunch of guys who have a lot of experience. So I guess that's my main question. Will the offensive line be a liability like that again? I mean, I feel like it's a definite concern. Josh Jacobs is a is a is a decent running back. Like it's not like yeah. he's not established or is washed up or is a bust, but he hasn't had, other than his first season, a solid line to really run behind and get open. Now I think Renfro's development, I think Waller in and adding Adams will help stretch the field. Defenses have yeah. to take into mind that Devontae Adams is now on their side of the field that they have to be responsible for. But, I mean, I I don't know how much I can trust this offensive line yet. I think that Adams being the clear threat of this offense definitely stretches the defense a little bit more and maybe opens up the box. But you could have, you know, Mike Evans, Devontae Adams – and Jamar Chase on the field, but you, in, I don't know if this team could even then still run the football. Right. Yeah. So they're they're counting on development from from these youngsters. So we'll have to see how that how that goes. I'm gonna remain optimistic, but not hopeful. On the defensive side, Nate Hobbs at cornerback uh, had a. It's really surprisingly good season last year. He was a fifth-round pick 
by them last year, but was really impressive. He started, he, yeah, he was a starter the last nine games of the season and is a pretty uh, good, solid contributor in the secondary, especially as a kind of a corner blitz kind of guy. Um, but the the headliner of this defense is Max Crosby, who really, I, I'm not going to say came out of nowhere because he was a good player um, his first couple of years, but he really exploded last year in, in year three with eight sacks, seven pass deflections as a lineman. It's kind of crazy. 13 tackles for a loss and 30 quarterback hits. He was just so disruptive from his edge rushing position. I think the Raiders surprised everyone a few years ago with the Khalil Mack trade, but Max Crosby has almost filled those shoes starting last year. Mm -hmm. Just being that disruptive force. Everybody wants stats, but what they don't give you the stats on is how they affect a quarterback's timing. And Crosby has that presence now. Yeah. That quarterbacks have to be mindful of. And if you can get inside their head, you never have to get their hands on you. The whole point is that you just don't let them complete a pass. We like to see the sacks, the turnovers, right? The exciting explosive plays. But in my mind, from a defensive coordinator, I like to see them get inside the head and affect the timing of a quarterback so that they can't complete those passes. And I think that Crosby has that ability to get inside people's heads. Yeah, and he seems like a guy that every time he does that, it feeds into his own confidence, and then he becomes, it like powers him up even. So it really, really fun to watch and terror for opposing offensive players. Uh, let's see, in terms of defensive questions, my main my main one is, is Chandler Jones. I love that they brought him in. He's an 11-year veteran. He's been really productive. Uh, and I, I'm looking forward to seeing him and Crosby together as a, Pretty good pass rushing duo. Uh, that being said, though, they do have a lot of unproven players in the secondary, and they, uh, with Hayward, they lose a little bit of of leadership there. But uh, they go hand in hand, right? Having a strong pass rush helps out the secondary a whole lot. And so, I guess that's the question: is Is it enough? Because look at the quarterbacks that are in this division. They're going to be going up against Mahomes twice a year, Justin Herbert, and now Russell Wilson as well. All those guys. Uh, can move out of the pocket, especially Russ. And uh, it's going to be a tough ask of all these defenses. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a fair question on it. Um, But I don't know. It's, it's, it definitely, the addition of Russell Wilson in this division definitely makes it everything more aware now because you have defenses like the Chiefs that have always been bend but not break, right? Now they're really going to get put to that test. Um, yeah. Now you've got defenses like the Raiders here where they have they have a couple of big names, but can they put all those pieces together? I think if the offense can click a little bit more, and especially if they can get a run game going, we might see this defense be way more impactful than it was in the past season. Remember, this team became second in the division that became a very tough division to play in. Yeah. And now I think they've only made things a little bit better. <clears throat> yeah, they've definitely made a lot of some improvements. Adams signing is a huge boost, uh, plus Renfro's emergence. And, and yeah, like we talked about, the, the main concern is the offensive line. And defense could be a mixed bag, great pass rush, 
questionable secondary and, and that'll be that could be the key to keep them in these games like like you like to say i love i like this uh, quote is what was it offenses no you say it i forget <laughs> uh, defense keeps you in the game but offense wins it i forget what it is <laughs> you know what, what i'm talking about <laughs> try that whole thing again <laughs> What is your quote about offenses and defenses? It's something like defenses keep you in the game, but offenses win the game, or is it vice versa? No. Offenses <laughs> get you in the game. Defenses keep you in it. That's what it is. Okay, so. I, that, you that, butchered that so bad, I couldn't even figure out what the hell you were talking about. Oh, sorry. I, I, need, I need to eat some food. I'm mostly just caffeine in my veins right now. Anyway, I think yeah, that I phrase is going to be... You. I had to go make a double espresso ice drink. I think that phrase of yours uh, is going to be important for uh, the Raiders. I have them at a B for the roster grade, mostly because of the issues I see with the, line, the offensive line and the secondary. I'd give them a B- minus with that. I mean, I don't think... I don't want to judge this line too soon. Um... Because, again, despite their deficiencies, they, they, they did well last year. And I think the addition of Adams and emergence of Renfro are a huge step. Um, my only question is, can that line open up a little bit more? And I think the, the additional pass catchers will help that. So I think Josh Jacobs will have a much better year this year as opposed to last year. All right, moving on to the Chargers, who are third place in the division with a 9-8 and eight record last season. They were on the losing end of that Week 18 game against the Raiders and, and missed the playoffs because of it. Uh, overall, it was a real mixed bag for this team in 2021. Justin Herbert, the second-year quarterback, had an incredible, second, or incredible season with 5,000 yards, 38 touchdowns, and another... Um, Another 300 yards on the ground with three rushing touchdowns, too. Uh, he also led five fourth-quarter comebacks. So, as I say, little by little, they're, they're chipping away at the curse of Phillip Rivers, or the, or the curse of the Chargers, whichever, whoever you want to attribute it to. Um, they had some really impressive wins over the course of the year, beating the Chiefs, the Bengals, the Raiders the first time, and then the, the Browns. But they also had some really weird losses, like a complete domination at the hands of the Ravens, 34 to 6, a 28 to 13 loss to the Broncos. And then most embarrassingly and potentially most damaging to their playoff chances was a 41 to 29 loss at the hands of the lowly Texans late in the season. That was unbelievable. I think that was probably the upset of the year if there was one. Yeah. That, that or the Jaguars beating the Bills, but, but that's a close call. Um, this team was really fun to watch under Brandon Staley, who was the new head coach. He was kind of a madman with his going forward on fourth down all the time. Yeah, but ooh, are you the aggressive coach or am I the one? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. It depends on the situation. depends on the day. Either way, I appreciated it. Uh, let's see, looking at the numbers, totally. Yeah. Was it that week 18 game against the Raiders where he went for it on fourth down from his own 18 yard line and they didn't get it? Inverted? Uh, No, no, they didn't get it. (laughs) Oh no. You're right. Yes. Yes, that was. 
there were a bunch of times they did get it, but in that case they didn't. And anyway, I don't know. It's just crazy. Just anyone well, who will take that big a gamble. Situations too, right? When it works, you look like a genius, and when it fails, you look like the biggest idiot in the sport. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, looking at the numbers, they had the fourth best offense, especially effective through the air, averaging 28 points per game, which was uh, fifth best. And then on defense was a little bit worse. They allowed 360 yards per game, which was 23rd. Uh, much better against the pass than they were against the run, where they were uh, 30th, just third worst against the run. And they gave up a lot of points, 27 points allowed per game, which was also third worst in the league. In the offseason, they lost uh, Justin Jones, defensive tackle. He went to the Bears. Um, and Justin Jackson at running back, who last I checked was still out there as a free agent. And then uh, they acquired a lot of players. <laughs> They're really going for it this year. They traded for Khalil Mack, edge rusher uh, from the Bears. Looking for someone to pair with Joey Bosa. Yes. I was trying to remember which Bosa. It's Joey on the Chargers. Um, Too many Bosa. So they brought, in, they brought in Khalil Mack. Uh, via trade they brought in through free agency they signed J.C. Jackson cornerback from the Patriots one of the best cover corners in the league right now and then just look at this list two defensive tackles and Sebastian Joseph and Austin Johnson Gerald Everett tight end from the Seahawks Kyle Van Noy linebacker from the Patriots Bryce Callahan cornerback from Denver and then Morgan Fox defensive end from Carolina and in the draft uh, they shored up their offensive line in the first round, taking Zion Johnson 17th overall out of Boston College. Uh, and then in the third round, they took JT Woods, the safety from Baylor. So a lot of new players coming in this year. Uh, no new coaches. Keep the continuity there. And then just looking at this offense, obviously, obviously Justin Herbert, a quarterback, He's only coming into year three, but he's probably top five at the position already. Um, he's got a good pair of wide receivers to throw the ball to with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Allen, the veteran, he's been one of the best possession receivers around for, for quite a while. And then Mike Williams, who's been more of the big play down the field threat. He had his best year as a pro last year with uh, 76 catches, over 1,000 yards and nine touchdowns. And had some really dominant stretches of the season uh, before running into a little bit of injury problems. But he's back on a three-year contract extension, so they're keeping him around for the long haul. It's always a good sign when a player gets extended. Yes. Um, at running back, Austin Eckler, one of the most electric runners uh, with the football in his hands. Get it? Chargers, no. electric. <laughs> boogie, woogie, woogie. And he's a great runner, a great pass catcher out of the backfield as well. Um, and they've they've put together a really great offensive line over the last this few years with their been, signings and draft I picks. I think this has been one of the biggest keys to their success. Absolutely, yeah. And it starts at center with Corey Lindsley, who always makes me sad when I see this name just from his time in Green Bay. I miss him. Come back, Lindsley. <laughs> you got a... Matt Filer at guard. This is his first year. 2021 was his first year in L.A. He was from Pittsburgh the first five years, but he fit right in. And then uh, Rayshon Slater at tackle. He was 
I think their first round pick last year. So that's two years in a row. They invest a first round pick in alignment. He was great uh, as a rookie Slater was. So hopefully the new guy Johnson can do the same. I don't really have a ton of questions for this off. I'm not even sure I completely agree with what I wrote here, which is uh, depth at the wide receiver position. Cause outside of Mike Williams and, uh, Keenan Allen, they've got guys, they've got young guys who have who have produced in in stretches like uh, Jalen Guyton and Josh Palmer. So I think they they've got a lot of pass catching options. I find it amusing that you read your notes and then were like, I don't know who, who wrote this. Shit? <laughs> who wrote this idiot? Yeah. <laughs> uh, either way. Should be an incredible high-flying offense once again. Do you agree with that, or do you agree with my notes where I say the wide receiver depth is a problem? I don't... I mean, I guess the key is defining the word problem here, right? Mm-hmm. Because they have been able to work with, that, with Mike Williams being in and out of the line a few times, as right. long as Keenan yep. Allen had stayed healthy. But we really haven't seen the pressure that this team would face if they lost Keenan Allen and then had to deal with Mike Williams in and out of the line. They've always had the the pleasure of having some type of con- continuity between these two, one or the other, or preferably both on top of yeah. Austin Eckler. But we haven't seen right. this team have to field it with just relying on their secondary tiers, like just Guyton on the field as their primary mm-hmm. targets. I don't think they're ever going to have to worry about that personally. Um, but I would not be opposed to them acquiring a little bit more depth behind Williams. Yeah, like someone a little bit more of a proven track record, even if it's an older guy. Yeah, just somebody there that can you, you know you can fall back on. But, I mean, Chargers are a young team overall, too. They have, but they have the veterans where they need them, and I think that's important. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, moving on to the defense. The defensive studs, J.C. Jackson, we'll start here. The guy, the cornerback they brought in at free agency. I think they signed him to something like a five-year, $80 million contract. Uh, really excited to see what he brings to this defense. And then Derwin James, the safety, who, as you know, is one of my favorite players. <laughs> Trying to get over early season health issues, or early career health issues, I should say. Uh, last year, he did play 15 out of 17 games. He was second on the team with 118 tackles. Just kind of stuff in the stat sheet with two interceptions, three forced fumbles, a couple sacks, seven tackles for loss, seven QB hits. And uh, PFF graded him as the number nine safety on the year. So if he can string together another season, in a, you know, two seasons in a row without missing a lot of time due to injury, hopefully you can put that sort of injury bug behind him because when he's out there, he is great. Agreed. I uh, love the addition of Kyle Van Noy. Even, he was, you know, he's age 32 now. He was more of a part-time player for the Patriots last year. Uh, but he still is a very versatile player doing a lot um, a lot of different things for the defense. So I, I'm glad to see him come in. And I think he can provide value to this defense, too. They need him, too, because uh, I think, like we mentioned, the run defense especially was really bad for the Chargers last year. He should help with that. And I think even if he doesn't jump off the stat sheet this year, I think that, again, that veteran presence where it counts, right? Van Noy can lead and coordinate this defense and help, hopefully, like you said, bolster that 
that run D a little bit better than what it was. Yeah, and he's the guy who wears like the red color contacts, right, to like intimidate <laughs> the linemen. Love that. Uh, then uh, we already mentioned Joey Bosa, edge rusher, one of the one of the best pass rushers around. I guess the only or my main question that I could come up with for the defense was similar to I forget who we said this about, but you bring in a ton of new players. On paper, it might look good, but it's gonna. It might take some time to to gel, especially for the run defense. Uh, they added three three guys to the interior of the defense, three veterans, try to shore up the front seven, but none of them are kind of marquee players or, or big names at this point in their career. So, uh, if the run defense is as bad as last year, it almost won't matter how good the secondary is with Jackson and James and everything. Right. So I guess that's a concern. I feel like I'm biased towards the Chargers since picking them as a playoff sleeper in our first year of the podcast, but uh, I love I love what the offense looks like and, and most of the defense on paper anyway. So uh, I give them a B plus. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't have much uh, much against that rating in this case. I think they've proven it again, um, especially. Would it be two years ago? Yeah. When, when Herbert first was thrust into the mantle in the wake of the very unusual Terod Taylor departure. Yes. Um, but he he stepped in as somebody who we didn't know how that was going to work out and has become a true leader on this team. Um, I would like to see a little bit more depth in the wide receiver position, maybe the addition of a solid backup running back. But as long as this team stays healthy... I think I think the sky is the limit is the right way to put it. I really think this team is going to be a force in a division that's going to be now increasingly tougher due to the addition of a well-known name. That's the thing, yeah. It's like as exciting as this team has been and as much buzz as there's been about it the last couple of years is they haven't made the playoffs yet with, with Herbert. And I, I feel like that needs to be their goal for this year. Even though, like you said, it, it's getting tougher around them you know <laughs> all three of these teams around all four of these teams in the division are could be playoff contenders yeah it's really gonna have to come down to who wants it more yeah and you could argue and that that's exactly what that week 18 game was last year you know to the chargers and raiders head-to-head winner gets in and obviously the raiders got over the line uh, so we'll have to see Last place in this division uh, a year ago was the Broncos with a seven and ten record. They were they started out three and zero, but that was thanks largely to an easy schedule. Uh, things got tough in a hurry after that. They lost four in a row after that, one of two separate four game losing streaks during the season. They had, I mean, you almost have to throw out last year thanks to how the bringing in of Russell Wilson changes everything because last year it was Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke oh, here we both go getting stuck. Both getting starts at quarterback. Uh, Bridgewater was the starter, but he had some injury problems and, and Locke got starts. But neither of them really got this offense going, and the team really stumbled down the stretch. Um, they did have good wins over the Cowboys, and they beat the Chargers once. But other than those two games, they lost to every team they faced who had a winning record on the season. So as a result, they, they fired head coach Vic Fangio. 
and they shipped out both starting both those quarterbacks who started games. Talk about them. a gutting. Yeah. Everything must go. <laughs> Except for the running backs, because Melvin. Well, we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, the Russian running game was okay. Passing game was uh, 19th. They put up under 20 points per game, 19.7, which was in the bottom half of the league. Uh, defense was pretty good, eighth best in terms of yards, uh, eighth against the pass, 15th against the rush, and they had the third best in terms of points allowed, which is 19 per game. So, like I just said, they they got rid of. I, I have it in the category category is called players lost, but they made a conscious decision to get rid of Bridgewater and Drew Locke. Right. Um, they lost Kyle Fuller after after one pretty disappointing season. And then Bryce Callahan as well left in free agency. They uh, obviously, honestly, the loss of Callahan is the one that affects me more, especially because I agree. He ended up going to the Chargers, right? Yep. So it's always interesting when guys move within the division. And yeah, I agree that that's a bigger loss than Fuller, probably. Um, But the biggest thing that happened this offseason with the Broncos was trading for Russell Wilson. It was one of the biggest trade packages I've seen put together. They gave up three players, three starting players, and Noah Fant, Drew Locke, and defensive end Shelby Harris, uh, in addition to first and second round picks this year, first and second round picks next year to the Seahawks to acquire Wilson. Um, you could argue he's worth it, though, because it changes everything for this team. In free agency, they also brought in everything, <laughs> even the defense. <laughs> Uh, they brought in Randy Gregory, outside linebacker in free agency, uh, DJ Jones at tackle, Kwan Williams, cornerback, and uh, Billy Turner at offensive guard, another Packers Yay! offensive line alum. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then in the draft, they took uh, in the second round Nick Bonito, edge rusher out of Oklahoma. In the third round, Greg Dulcich, tight end out of UCLA. And then, yeah, they needed a whole new coaching staff. After firing Vic Fangio, they brought in Nathaniel Hackett, former. He's been the Packers offensive coordinator since 2019. Uh, So he gets his first head coaching opportunity with Denver. His offensive coordinator will be Justin Outen, who was the Packers tight end coach since 2019. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk about this in our our Packers breakdown a few episodes from now. That's that's quite a few, big chunk of their coaching staff that they take from Green Bay. Yeah, important people, too. Yeah. Jerks. <laughs> Their new defensive coordinator is Jiro Navarro, who spent the last five years with the Rams as a defensive backs coach. Offensive studs. Obviously, Russell Wilson now. He's been one of the most dynamic quarterbacks in the league the last 10 years or so. Crazy to think he's been around for that long. But um, <laughs> he's obviously... Still got it, still in his prime. He's been a little bit more up and down recently and had some issues with injury, uh, but he's still one of the very best when he's out there and healthy. At running back, you've got the tandem of Melvin Gordon, the veteran, Javante Williams, who was a rookie last year. They were both awesome last year, and and Gordon was on the last year of his deal, but they brought him back, uh, which I think is great for the team, if annoying for fantasy. Um, But, yeah, these guys are both really good. And it's a strong uh, running game. Uh, like we talked about in our last episode, they lost Tim Patrick at wide receiver, but they still have a a core of like 
a stud adjacent guys or I think guys who could become studs because they're playing with by far the best quarterback of their career. Uh, and I'm talking about Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton, both high draft picks. What and about they've been that dealing uh, with Patrick guy? He was phenomenal. Oh, yeah, he was great. Too bad about his ACL. What, but, where does ACL go? Well, it's in two pieces now. <laughs> There's two of them. No. There's four of them. But, uh, yeah, they've been dealing with, like, you know, Drew Locke. I forget who was there before him. Paxton Lynch? Is that a guy? Is that a name? That was a name. And, Very good. <laughs> reaching deep, deep into the uh, memory banks for that one. Um, but, but yeah, that's the question for this offense is how high can Russell Wilson elevate all these guys? We know the ground game is strong, but can we finally see Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton realize the, the potential that I feel like we've seen now that they have a great quarterback? This offense has been terrible since the first year of Peyton Manning. <laughs> the second one was bad. The first year was really good. And since then, it's been, it's been all crap at the quarterback position. So should be much, much improved. On defense, Randy Gregory, edge rusher they brought in, is a good addition, good pass rusher. And, and now that they've now that Vaughn Miller's out of the picture, uh, he helps shore that up a bit. Um, as well as <clears throat> pairing with Bradley Chubb on the other side, who was brought it, who came into the league expected to be a monster pass rusher too, but he's had a lot of issues with injury lately. They do have exciting players in the secondary who I can't call a stud just yet, but but Patrick Sertan, the second, was a rookie last year and played really well. Four picks, 14 pass deflections. And then Justin Simmons at safety is, is a really solid player. Uh, overall, let's see. Yeah, I mean, my biggest question is about Fangio's departure. He was a defensive-minded guy. Uh, the reason he got the head coaching role was after all the success he had running Chicago's defense. So now the keys are being turned over to a much less experienced coaching staff. Uh, so I guess that's my main question is, is how is how is this defense going to perform under new uh, leadership, I guess. Because coming into last year, I would have said defense was the strength of this team. Uh, so now they just need to complement what should be a much better offense. Yeah, agreed. What do you, th what do you think about the Broncos overall? I mean, I feel like we got excited about them a year or so, or a year or so ago. Um, but I think now they've really turned a page. Um I can't imagine being in Russ's shoes where he actually might be have some protection for a change. <laughs> yeah. Um, Better offensive line. But, I mean, with Tim Patrick out, that kind of worries me because I really like the way he was up and coming. He's, you know, I don't know. I, I want to have incredible praise. I think Russ gives them, as you put, the ability to compete. Um, but it, it's going to be their first year together as a unit. It's going to be a new coaching change. Um, I mean, the roster on paper looks like a solid B to B minus. Um, but I really want to make a determination after we see them 
at least the first couple of weeks of the season. I don't need until week four. I want to see what week one shows. I never really count the preseason because they're not going all in on practice. Yeah, I mean, who knows if we'll even see Russ in the preseason. Right. If anything, we'll see him maybe the third game for like a half a quarter. Mm -hmm. But that's about it. Yeah, I had him at a B plus. I think that's probably a little high. Probably a B is more appropriate. And I don't want to grade on a curve, but just it hurts being in this division. Because if, if these guys, if the Broncos were in like our division, you know, they, they would be a, ri- a good rival of the, the Packers, I would say. But, no, but there's, yeah. only, there's, there's only one real competitor in that division. But oh, in wow. this division, they're, they're all... Yeah. In this division, they're all legitimate teams that are aspiring for the playoffs and, and more. So it's tough, and, and I can't wait to watch how it plays out. Yeah, it's definitely, I don't know, it's, they are in a different spot than they were uh, a, a year ago, honestly. And I don't mean that facetiously. I don't mean that in facetiously. Yeah. yeah that's <laughs> um, Actually, they're in the same spot. Brings, they're, they're still. That, that, dynamic level that really this team has great quarterbacks on each team it's not like you can sit there and say well that would be a great team like the browns like if they had a solid quarterback right well that's what we've been saying about denver the last few years and and now they have it so there there's a level of balance here that we haven't seen before and it's exciting it makes this division even tougher than it was because now you you can't count anybody out yeah, I wouldn't say there's a single weak team in this division. They're all they're all good. All right, well, I think that's all we got for this episode. Clocking in right around another hour, so I need to for, for next remind me next off season to only plan on one division per episode. <laughs> Copy that. And uh, yeah, that's about it. Next week or next next time, because who knows what the timing of this release is going to be of these episodes but this completes the afc our afc breakdowns oh yeah um next week or next time we'll be moving over to the nfc and in the meantime we got a full slate of preseason games coming up this weekend i can't wait i just saw a notification come through that jordan love is a confirmed starter for the packers first game so looking forward to that as well as all the storylines around the league so Definitely looking forward to watching all and hard knocks too with the Lions. First episode is Tuesday. So very much looking forward to that as well. And everything really in the next days, weeks, and months as the NFL really kicks into gear. It's two show showtime. Sign well, yeah, we just finished our show. Now it's editing time, but yes, it's almost showtime. And uh, we will talk to you soon. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening to the 2M Football Podcast with Matt and Mike. Don't forget to follow us on our social media, both Twitter and Instagram. Look for our photo at 2M Football Show. If you like what you heard, please tell your friends, family, and others who may be interested in listening to all of our shenanigans. And remember, we will see you next week on the Gridiron.